Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Power Element Podcast, episode 15. I'm producer Paul. As always, thanks for joining us. All right, we want to start the year for the bang, so we brought in our special guest today, Colin Lavin. Colin is the business manager and financial secretary at Local 47. Colin and Raul discuss his early life as well as his role as a business manager. Colin shares some uh, great information, great insight throughout this entire episode. You're going to want to share this. Please get this message out there. Like us, follow, subscribe. Uh, do that thing you do to get that message out there. I appreciate you guys 110%. All right, we'll get to the episode, but first, some promotional partners. First up, as always, Jelco. You can find them at Jelco Safety. Fall restraints, bags, ditty bags, and more at Jelco Safety. Working athlete, use promo code POWERELEMENT to save yourself 20% off at checkout. I have a fitness challenge coming up next month. I'm going to be using that brute force pre-workout on the regular. Once again, that's Power Element at checkout. Working athlete. All right, Troy and Angie over at Altering Current Line Clothing. Tees, hats, hoodies, and more. Check them out. Klein Tools. Follow them on Instagram at Klein underscore tools. I know you have all their hand tools, but they got they also have some pretty unique stuff. Coffee mugs, radios. Uh, go, go give it a look. You're going to like it. All right, Co-Eyewear. You're, you're going to love these glasses. Use promo code POWERELEMENT at checkout to save yourself 15% off. Uh, I got the A-Phase glasses. Sleek, stylish, got this classic look. You're going to get some compliments on them. I guarantee it. Check them out at Co-Eyewear. All right, last but not least, Superior Glove. Follow them on, on Instagram at Superior underscore Glove for all your glove needs. Superior Glove. All right. Special thank you to Dell over at Lyman Mama. Appreciate you, Dell. Josh over at High Voltage Commando. Appreciate you, brother. All right, last but not least, I want to thank the entire Sturgeon Electric California workforce. I appreciate you guys. Without you, this podcast would not be possible. Happy New Year. Great to be back. Here we go. Power Limit Podcast, episode 15. Colin Lab. Enjoy the show. Episode 15, Paul Salgado. How are you today, I'm glad sir? you remembered, host. <laughs> How you doing? Happy New Year to you. Good, what's up? The first, first time, yeah. first one of the year. I'm happy, excited. How you feeling? I feel good. Uh, good. Had some, took some time off. Getting back in the swing of things again. Coming back harder than ever. Coming yeah. back better. You got any uh, New Year's resolutions for us? Uh, I'll be starting a workout routine here shortly. So I'll yeah. keep you guys posted. What you gonna do, man? Uh, 75 hard. Get some. Try to get you into it. <laughs> What you know, thinking? you got to be really dedicated to start that. We've had this conversation. What are you doing? You're doing something, though. I can tell you look good. <laughs> Tanning. <laughs> well, you always got to mention my tan. It looks good. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm just trying to be the best version of me. I know that sounds cliche, but I do. I just want to make sure that we're, you know, that I'm just keep getting better and keep getting, you know, stronger. What about you? Yeah. Other, other than 75 hard. Um, do? That's it. And uh, obviously, we got some big goals for this uh, this podcast, this platform, but... 
Um, those are two TBD working, working out some, uh, some stuff, but I did promise the listeners we would be trying new, new, new things, new techniques to get people involved and, uh, just get the word out there, get the message out there. So sounds good, man. I, um, I think we had a great podcast with Ryan, don't you? Yeah. Ryan's great. Ryan's a pro. Glad he took the time out to come out. Yeah. Just a quick shout out to Ryan, um, with Powerline podcast. I mean, he, he's got a passion, man, for, for what he does and really easy to listen to. Uh, I think he, I think all of us can relate to it. So yeah, if you, all, all of our listeners, if you haven't seen or heard, you know, episode 14, go back and take a, take a listen. There's yeah. a lot, a lot of good nuggets of in, information within that podcast. So go check it out. Yeah. Ryan's great. But Ryan's great. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to our next guest. It's, you know, I think it's a, a great start of the, the year. Yeah. You know, and like, kind of like Ryan, this guy in front of me, man, he has a, he has a passion for a lot of things. Um, a lot of passion. And like Ryan, like I said, he's uh, got a, got a thing about him where he wants to lean into change. And he just said that here as he showed up. And I think that's a, I think that's a huge benefit for us all. Um, you know, Ryan, he's uh, he's innovative, just like our, our next guest here. And I'm looking forward to having a good conversation with him. But, you know, when I talk about innovation, what do you know about innovation? What do you know about in- innovative people, Paul? I mean, can, does anybody come to mind there? Uh, I think you, uh, I mean, not to be blowing somebody, smoke. Somebody famous. Oh, okay. Um, you got, what's, what do you got that's just the most innovative, maybe two people? Nikolai. Nikolai Tesla, I man. I you were going to say that. Everybody <laughs> says that. Come on, man. I what still, about, what I, about Steve Jobs? Yeah. Yeah. The whole. Pretty innovative. Yeah. Innovative technique, innovative leader, very upfront leader, but uh, his technology is kind of withstanding the, the, the time here. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, can't, so, I can't quote him, but I think it looks like you are. <laughs> well, I'm prepared. All right, cool. you will. So anyways, I got a, over the, over the holiday, I got a pretty good, uh, a pretty good book and I'm going to, I'm going to share it with everybody. Actually, a little shout out to my daughter. She got it for me. And you, and you know, you're a, a book nerd when for Christmas you get a book. So tell me you're a nerd without telling me you're a nerd. You might, be That's a, it. You might have to change your hobby like a. <laughs> Shoe, shoe nerd. Oh, you are a pretty good shoe nerd. Just, just showing some little, just being vulnerable here for everybody. But no, I got this book from my daughter. So shout out to Madison. Thank you. And it's leadership and a hundred quotes and, and it's Steve Jobs. And I thought I'd start with before introducing our guest, which I'm excited to do. Um, is just, just read a quote and talk about this quote a little bit. So innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower, Steve Jobs. So this quote was, came out in 2010 when the year the iPad was launched. Job, Steve Jobs' words suggest that it is the ability to come up with new and vital ideas that sets a leader apart from others. And I truly believe our guest today is going gonna, is gonna to do that, just that. It's not just innovative tools, but innovative ideas to take this local into where it needs to be. And I'm really excited to introduce our next guest, Colin Lavin. Welcome. Thank you very much. How you doing today, man? Fantastic, man. It's a Friday. Looking good. The weather's great, right? Not to, not to brag about Southern California, but it is, I think it's 75 degrees out. Yeah, in January. <laughs> Sorry about that. Are you, are you ready to do this? Or? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I have my mic off real quick. I'd take a drink of water. Yeah. So anyways, good weather and um, glad you came out. I know you're, you know, you're a busy man. You know, you Extremely. carry a man of many titles as we just talked about. Um, but currently you're the business manager and financial secretary for IBW Local 47. What is that job? A lot of our listeners may not know. It's still something I'm, I'm wading through and figuring <laughs> out. Um, thought it was going to be something easier than what it was. And mm-hmm. watching my dad do it for so many years with ease, mm-hmm. it's really turned into uh, a passion of mine. 
to kind of follow in your father's footsteps. But as as those reins got handed over, I quickly learned that I was a little behind on on learning the curve and and uh, in my leadership skills. So what was that? Well, I mean, we'll go back to your early life and sure. kind of growing up with your with your old man. But like, what was that conversation? How did that start with? By the way, you know, I need to start. We need to start talking about next steps for you. What was that conversation to end up taking his job? Like, how did that even come it about? Was really, a short conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, working under my dad for the last fifteen years was kind of all the training without being told it was training. All the different facets with our jobs that he put me into, uh, the different cities, uh, municipalities, you know, uh, private mm-hmm. utilities. Uh, covering all the grievances and bargainings. And then one day he just had enough and decided that he was going to retire and looked at me and asked me if I was ready. And you said, let's do it. I said, no better time than now. Let's go. That's awesome. Took me by a little surprise, but you know, it's something I leaned into and we're, we're getting through it. Nice. Nice. Well, again, man, congratulations on that. I think it's, I think we're all excited. Um, I know you, I mean, we've been getting closer and, you know, understanding each other more and the, you know, new roles that we've gotten. A chance to be a part of, you know. Yeah, definitely. Both, and, both new, right? Yeah, both new at it, and I think it's, um, I think it says a lot to you too, as well, to to accept the challenge and jump right into it, you know, because it it is a, it's a, it's going to be a job that's going to take probably a lot of time and effort and you know planning, you know. Like I said, I know you and I have talked, and you got a lot of plans ahead of you. It's every time we talk, it's, I think we need to improve here. I think we need to do better in here, and that's kind of why I quoted Steve Jobs because you're. You're always looking for fresh ideas and innovative ways to get better. Um, but where does this come from? Like, you know, obviously I want to hear about you and growing up and, you know, you know, just growing up as a kid, you know, like tell, tell me a little about yourself. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, growing up uh, with my family in Chicago, a little different there, right? We have weather. You talk about nice weather out mm-hmm. here. We would have snow drifts in the backyard where we'd, we dig in, make, you know, snow castles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dad's always working, always out at work. Providing for the family—that's that's I think where I really learned my uh, my backbone for for hard work. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, that work brought him out to the California, you know, West Coast area. We got all the sunshine and all the work out here, so it, it worked out real well. Nice, nice. Can you remember growing up as, in Chicago? What that was like, as far as I mean, your school. I, I mean, was there a lot? Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, no, I you know went uh, up to third grade out there. Okay. Uh, a lot of you're a youngster. Yeah, a lot of family. <laughs> yeah, about seven or eight when we moved out here. Okay. Um, and then went back for family, you know, outings and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I remember a lot of it. Um, just you know having your cousins around you and your family around you, which is something different out here. Although I do have one set of cousins that live uh, in the San Clemente area. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to have family around you. Um, you know, dealing with having such a father like Pat is, is amazing. Uh, he's pretty harsh as a dad puts his foot right in your ass and expects you to, to do something about it and, and adapt and overcome. And that's really how my childhood uh, was brought about. Yeah. It's, um, it's about hard work. You know, I think that's the same for me growing up as a kid is, you know, it was my dad was pretty tough, you know, on me, but I think it was always for the best interest knowing, you know, like you got to grow up, you got to be tough. These things, challenges are going to occur. And I think once you got through them, uh, it, it, it makes us who we are today. No, you know, definitely. Definitely. Sure. And I gave him a, rain, a run for his money. You know, he uh, tried to, <laughs> like we all try to corral our kids. They, uh, they got a mind of their own and really, yeah. really, I, I ran, I ran around them as much as I could. Well, I'll tell you what, man, like, I don't know. Paul, if you feel the same way, but we had some pretty cool, pretty cool stories from Pat and, you know, a lot of them, anybody wants to go back and check out a good podcast. That's one of them. Episode one. That was, was, one. That was a good one. And, um, 
it's, you know, there's a lot of cool stories and I bet you had a lot of cool stories today, you know, as far as things that have happened with him and, you know, lessons and learn, you know, I mean, it's probably just goes on and on. Is there any that stick out that you can think of that we may not know or that we haven't heard? I mean, <laughs> we hear a lot of stories, but what, what sticks out and just sticks out in your mind? Is there a lesson? Uh, I mean, go, you know, you? being a young kid with my dad and going to Notre Dame games, you know, being dragged cool. around, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the way to Indiana. So that's like a two hour ride. That was, that was always fun mm-hmm. going fishing as a kid, you know, doing the things uh, outside of the house. That w- that's always the fun stuff for me. Nice. Nice. Big stories like, uh, you know, someone bumps into you and he kicks the shit out of him. I mean, it's really, <laughs> he didn't take much for an answer and he didn't take no lip, um, which is very, very funny and telling of him right today. Yeah. yeah and, and, but I do notice that, you know, there's times where, you know, he, he does, he does listen too and does have a lot of good to say about, you know, lessons learned. And when you, when he knows he's right, he's right. But he also can listen and tell you, you know, a different side of it, which is, I think, unique in, 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 in his character. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's what I, that's what I see. And and for all of us, I mean, you, yeah. when mistakes happen and, and look at, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Yeah. We've all learned our lessons over, over life. And as we live, but when you know better, you do better and you move yeah. forward. So that's really uh, kind of the mantra of the family. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, about early jobs. Did you have any early jobs other than, but we'll get into, you know, you mean an environment, but yeah, I mean, pa- that? paper boy, I yeah. mean, you know, quintessential paper boy, throwing the paper as a kid. Um, Out of your bike or? Yeah, yeah on a bike. Yeah. yeah, on a bike, getting up early in the morning, 5 a.m., trying to trying to wrap everything and get the get the uh, rubber kind of, bands. We're kind of the same age. Did you ever do the um, yellow pages? Did you ever deliver yellow I, pages? I did not kid? do that, no. That was like the thing for us. Like, you deliver those? Yeah. You probably know the yellow pages. Are. Yeah, I remember that. I'm, I'm right there. I'm close. But that, I mean, no, it was like a, it was like a quick, it was like a, I forget what we got paid, but me and my brothers would go deliver yellow pages and just throw them out. Just throw them out on the same thing yeah, as a same thing as a newspaper. Yeah. We just go out and deliver yellow pages. And I can't remember, but it was pretty good money. I mean, back in the day, we were little kids. I remember. I think, I, I think Yelp kind of ruined the yellow pages at this point. Yeah. <laughs> And even like the, like what are kids doing nowadays? It's just kind of a, you know, like, are they doing paper routes anymore? No, I don't think so. No, no, not right? at all. You know, kids that aren't of the age of, of working, right? Cause you were probably doing that when you're, before you could even. Yeah, it's 12, 13. Yeah, you, you know? didn't have a license, right? right? You're out there on your bike and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just different. The culture is different. But I guess we'll get into that later. So, um, yeah. Um, so let's talk about you being a, a, a wireman. So obviously you're a German wireman and cable splicer. Definitely. Yeah. During wireman, yeah. I, um, tried getting into the apprenticeship for the, the outside lineman, but at that point I didn't really have a license that was conducive for me to, to work in the trade. <laughs> um, so I, I went towards and gravitated to the German wireman. I, but the wireman will take you. Yeah. Cause there you just show up to you the job site. Up. You don't, you, you don't drive, drive company trucks. I, I mean, some you. guys do, but the majority of guys just show up to a job site and, and work from the job site. I got you. I got you. So what, what's that apprenticeship like? That's a, that's a five year, five year. Yeah. Five year. Right. When I got in it, they went from four to five years. Um, it's a two days at, at night kind of follows the schedule of a normal school, mm-hmm. you know, through a junior college. Okay. So gotcha. you got your OJT in a day and two, de- two days a week, you're two going at week. night for book yeah. work. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, with the inside worm and they have a lot of upgrade classes. So after you journey out, I mean, it's kind of neat, something that we don't have here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can take any kind of upgrade classes. It's something that you pay for and go in, go in and do at their apprenticeship. And that's how I got my uh, cable splicing is, is I went into class for about a year for okay. hand taping and cable splicing and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's good, man. Um, 
did you ever run a crew or were you ever foreman or were you just, yeah, yeah. I ran yeah. a crew. I, I, so, I mean, from my background as, as a wireman, I worked mm-hmm. a lot in the school system during the summers. Cause that's where a lot of the money was. Okay. And then, uh, outside of summer, I would go work at the refineries. Cause again, those are a lot of the 12 hour work days, mm-hmm. just seven days a week. Um, constantly working is just like power, you know, they want gas. So they yeah. keep, they keep the, uh, oil refineries open and moving. Did you find some as, you know, running crews and running projects, you find any challenges that you had to overcome as a, you know, as typical, like obviously as a, as a line crew, as I'm familiar with, there's always challenges, you know, yeah, with I mean, personnel or there's challenges with the job site itself, yeah. challenges with personalities, which personalities. is probably a bigger part of, I think our job and knowing the tools that you have in your toolbox. Yeah. And sometimes those are people and personalities and knowing where those people can fit into your crew and fit into the job as a foreman really can help out with the flow of that job and the flow of the work. Yeah. How's your, what's your thoughts on, I'm glad you mentioned that with like personnel and personalities, but what's your thoughts on the culture and, you know, building it right the first time? Because I know as a foreman, probably for you, like when you're bending pipe and doing stuff as a wireman, like you got one opportunity at it, right? I mean, you're there, it's got to look right. And me and Paul were talking about this, kind of the difference between, you know, wireman and journeyman linemen. It's really similar. It's extremely right. similar. It's I really, mean, uh, really similar. Ohm's law works the exact same way. Yeah. It's, it's the same yeah. equations. I think the biggest difference is probably voltage, right? Because yeah. it's much, much higher here on the outside than it is yeah. on the inside. And then uh, um, it's not heights because we work, we work high too in, uh, yeah. on the inside. I've worked at the refineries up, up on smokestacks, a couple hundred feet. Worked at the, um, the ports. So I worked up in cranes, 250 feet. So the, the heights is, is all the same, but really the voltage is probably the difference in callouts. Callouts. Wiremen right. don't do callouts for you know days on it, and that's not yeah. that's not how they work. I got a I got a buddy who's an electrician, and we were doing a little project at the house, right? And and uh, we had to run some pipe and EMT, and we're bending stuff, and I'm and he's trying to show me, and I'm like, it looks fine. <laughs> You know, like it's fine. It's going to make the corner. And he's like, no, he's doing offsets and three point saddles. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's, a, it's you know, an art. It's yeah. what I'm getting at is it's a little bit, the craftsmanship's a little bit different. It is. It definitely is. Like, like I said, it's you a open up a panel, like it's right there at eye level. And I've seen a lot of work that's got some really good craftsmanship behind it, the quality. Right. And I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, of ways to uh, improve our, as an industry, you know, our craftsmanship and that thought, that mindset of, when you leave a pole or you leave a project, whatever, you know, you're looking at it and you have, and you have pride in it, I guess. Right. right? And, and is that something that's instilled as a, as a journeyman wireman, like in, as an apprentice or how does that? Oh, like, definitely. I mean, how does that? Again, like we were talking very similar, right? Yeah. Uh, the journeymen mm-hmm. that are training you as an apprentice that take the time to slow you down to, mm-hmm. to make those bends correctly or, mm-hmm. or cut all the pipes so that all the, the couplings are on the same length. They're not all scattered on a, on a big raceway. Yeah, it's, it's like little, little things like that, that you, that I think we got, we got to drive in. To and I think that, that really comes from the older generation passing mm-hmm. it down. And I think that's probably a big part that we're missing here mm-hmm. is people are too quick to get done with the day and move on with life. Um, and maybe technology and cell phones kind of ruin that because mm-hmm. that puts us in connection with other things going on throughout the day. We're back 30, 40 years ago. We didn't have that. Yeah. Right. Like when my dad was coming up, or the, or the older guys coming up, there's, there's no cell phones to keep you occupied when you're on downtime. So instead you're probably putting more time and effort into the trade itself where today it's, ah, it looks good. Let's go. We got beers to get or whatever people were thinking they got going on for the day. Is there anything else fundamentally 
different from inside to outside that you've noticed? I, I see I, I, you brought up the training. Uh, Rawls mentioned that before. He, I know he's passionate about uh, uh, extended training as, as a German lineman. But is there anything else besides that that you've seen um, that you've taken away from being inside a wireman that, that, could, that could transcend into outside construction? Well, I'm going back to my earlier statements. I mean, the, the ability to have continuing education. And again, where I came from, that was something that you did on your own. It wasn't something a company paid you to do or trained you on. It's, it was a different facet of the job that you wanted to get into. So you took it upon yourself to, to go down and take the training and take, take the classes, which I think you get more value out of that um, going forward. Cool. Make, making yourself more of an asset for the company. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of increasing your stock a little bit. You know, exactly. Like, you know, you're just not the, the journeyman. You got, you know, you got much more, much more about your, your, um, I don't know, just your credentials, right? You're, right. You've done more, you've seen more. You're, you become a commodity, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and you can be used more with your employer. Crane certifications, whatever, splicing, you know, I think, I think, it, I think those are all good, good things, you know, and I think that's something that we definitely got to get back to or help with in our trade. You know, it's the, it's not the, you get your ticket and that's the end of it. You know, there's so there's much more, so out there. much more than that. I mean, so much more. Yeah. Once you journey out to me, that's just the beginning of your trade mm-hmm. and that, that gives you the bare bones, but going forward, you really got to work, work at becoming a better journeyman and then passing that down to the next generation. Because like for me, I, I blink now it's 25, 26 years. It's crazy. And right? I remember being young going, man, that guy, 26, 28, 30 years. And now you're going to take forever. Yeah, no, now, now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm coming up on the heels of my dad, you know, in his generation. It's like, wow. Yeah. It was, we were in a, in a GF meeting this week and talking with the GFs, you know, there's eight, nine, 10 guys. I'm looking around. I'm like, man, we mean another dude. We're like the oldest guys in the room. Right. And you're thinking to yourself, has that been that long? And I guess that's what our passion is in doing this podcast is like, you know, giving back, you know, trying to be not just a better version of ourselves, like I mentioned. But to give back to the trade as much as we can, you know, with having guests like yourself on to discuss, you know, things that we can improve on. You know, everybody has a story. You have a story. And definitely. And, to, you know, time capsule that in a way to where people can learn from it. You yeah. know, it might it might just be one guy. Who knows? Or Yeah, it gets the ball, gets the ball started and rolling. You know, what's yeah. tough that I've noticed about any of our trades is as the work comes in and, and we can't fill those jobs, we then begin going to the younger and younger generation and ask them to step up. And sometimes that's a little funky because you don't know. So true. You don't always know what you get because you're, you're trusting that people are doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, even like when my first foreman job, that was back when you had to be in the field 35 years before you even got a shot. And then it's like, who's this young kid? Yeah. But it, it ends up working out if you, if you work hard for it. I'll tell you what, there are some, to your point that, you know, we are asking our younger guys less than five years journeyman experience to run crews, GF superintendent, right? These are guys that, right. you know, are taking the leadership roles and running with it. But I tell you what, there, there is a lot of talent too in that, in that space. You know, there's not, there's not all negative. There's are some guys that really grasp the trade really well, really quick. They may not have the experience, but man, they got some pretty good knowledge behind them. But like you point, like we're running out of resources to where we have to do that. Right. What's your thoughts about bolstering that? So knowing that challenge and knowing we have a younger workforce, what are some of the things we could do to increase their experience and still put them in those positions. Cause we got to fill the jobs. Right. right? I mean, right. that's our, we got to do the work. Um, do the, work. the big thing to me is probably slow. Just have everyone slow down, which isn't how we operate, but, but yeah. that's, you know, 
put things in front of you that you can see mm-hmm. and that you can work on and deal with and then have those experiences because it just takes time before you get them. I mean, at, at five, six, eight years as a, as a journeyman, you're, you haven't been exposed to all the problems yet. Right. Yeah. And, and it just takes time. I think we got to be careful too, um, putting people in positions and then not giving them the resources they need to be successful. Right. And just assuming they know what to do, you know, or not having that, that, um, that red flag or that, Hey, let me help you out with, you know, let me reach out and, and, and see if I can help you with something. Or, you, you know, know given, given mm-hmm. a form and time to look at a switching procedure, not or giving it to front, him yeah. that morning, <laughs> maybe giving it to him a day or two ahead <laughs> so we can study the 45 yeah. or 85 steps. Cause I, I see that being a big problem, you know, at our exam board, mm-hmm. guys are making mistakes because they feel jammed up to get something done when it really, really don't need to work that hard and that fast. Self-imposed time pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, we can, we can definitely discuss that a little bit, but you, you mentioned the exam board. I don't know if everybody knows what the exam board, would you be okay with sure? Just kind of just going through what the exam board does and yeah, I mean, rolling that? Yeah. As an overview, you know, local 47 has an examination board with three voted in members of the membership, which currently are uh, all journeyman linemen. Mm-hmm. And as there's problems throughout our, our uh, jurisdiction, whether it's accidents, um, or people not taking jobs or failing drug tests, whatever it is, we manage our own, our own uh, members. Mm-hmm. And we bring them in, um, ask them what's going on. If they have any problems, they need help. Uh, if, and if that's not the case, then we get them training if they need training. But if they're also a bad apple and we can't deal with them, we're, we uh, can do fines or even up to suspending their ability to work in our jurisdiction. Yeah. That's got to be some hard conversations. Within, with individuals, you know, it, it can be. And, and yeah. I think we've all been there. We've all had bad days. Like, like I said, none of us are perfect, but to strive to, to perfection is where we need to be because we're selling a product. And if we can't sell our labor, we have nothing else to sell. Right. Right. It's this year's pretty critical too, right? Coming up. We got a big year this year, big year coming up for, for the local big negotiations. Year, big year. Yeah, <laughs> negotiations on every front, on every front. Yeah. yeah. How does that make you feel? I mean, coming right into it. You got probably six months under your belt. Uh, about nine now. Yeah. Nine, excuse yeah. me. Um, nine, nine months we'll, under we'll your get belt. There, yeah. Going into it with a pretty, I, I don't know. It seems pretty I mean, tough. It, it is, and and you being uh, involved for the last couple of years at that higher level with negotiations um, mm-hmm. gives me a lot more experience. But like for our outside agreement, that um, is a two local agreement, so we have uh, twelve forty five and forty seven together on a statewide. So we get to kind of do some teamwork. Mm-hmm. And deal with uh, Nika, our nemesis, uh, so to speak, <laughs> who's always looking for a cheap deal, you know. And and I learned from my dad that everyone wants a cheap deal, but nobody wants to give us a deal. Yeah. Um. So we're going to work hard at that. Um. As we move forward. Yeah. When do those neg- negotiations begin? Colin? Uh, we have uh, a couple dates set aside. I believe they're at the end of March. Cool. Um. And then some in April. And and we're going to you know work with those dates that we have so far. So March leads into April, and then when could we expect to hear some some type of talk back? Is it after April? Uh, we uh, depending on what happens at the end of March, we might have some bulletin board notices out there, and then we have another set of negotiations uh, scheduled uh, later in April. And by that time, if if uh, we can't get a deal done, obviously we'll have an announcement uh, at that time. So April ish late late April week April May we can expect to at least hear a little bit of the rumblings. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh no, we'll we'll hear them. I'm going to keep the membership well informed of where we're at and what we're doing. I think full communication is is how 
how we go forward. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to talk about your transition um, into the office or into, into the IBW, into the union outside of work. Um, how do you feel about that transitioning? I mean, you said you're a negotiator, so did you jump right into? Uh, no, I mean, leaving the field and coming into the office was a little different. I mean, okay. you know, being someone's kid is always a, a tough deal. Um, even when I was on, you know, in the field, you look at people and go, oh, that's, uh, that's that guy's kid or that's someone's cousin. It's kind of, and, it's kind of like being the baseball t- uh, team's play, <laughs> baseball coach's yeah. kid, right? <laughs> right, right. And then all of a sudden. You're now, on first base and you're Now bad. I'm it, right? Yeah, now yeah. it's like, hey, you're up. It's like, damn, okay. <laughs> right. And I thought long and hard about, you know, taking the job offer from my father. And I thought it'd be better to be there with him than to wish I, I did it later. Um, so yeah. I, I, it was one of the best choices I ever made. That's awesome. Was, co- was coming in the office now. You know, what was your first position in the office? Uh, started as a worksite organizer, um, yeah. so I was able to go out and, and organize the non-union contractors into the union, and really meet people at a ground level and help change. I mean, change their lives, giving them dignity in their job. It's not always about money. Sometimes it's just about respect right. when you're dealing with management and different non-union companies. What were some of the What were some of the big the biggest things that that were added value when you said you're you're transitioning an employee from being non union to union? What were some of the biggest things that you that you brought to the table? Uh, healthcare, healthcare, you know, retirement. Um, you know, a good hourly wage is one thing, but to have that backbone of a healthcare and retirement, you know, twenty thirty years down the road is, mm-hmm. is significant. It's huge. Yeah, is that what where your kind of negotiation trade of of uh, the talent, I guess, is that how it started as being an organizer? Because you're basically selling the union uh, program to 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 a, a non-union individual or a group. Is yeah, it's tough because you you try not to like sell so, people yeah. like a salesman. It almost seems cheap, but really, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, being in the union is a lifestyle, and yeah. and going forward, it's tough to do that without calling it sales. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, because I can see like a guy coming in like yourself and he, he may have been doing that role in that position with that company for years and everything's fine, you right. know, and you know, the company or the guy might be thinking, oh, it's just a, wants to dues, right? Right. Or he just wants, right. he just wants the Adobe or whatever. Right. And it's, it's not it. You're there to change somebody's life. Ch- yeah. Change somebody's life yeah, and, awesome. and build our, you know, our uh, jurisdiction, build our membership, you know, and that brings us, in my opinion, more power at the table. Yeah. I mean, for negotiating when, when you have everything, you have all the workforce you got, that's quite a force to deal with. And that's kind of the position we're in today. What, what was the next role after you've done? The, uh, uh, after, so I did organizing for about four years, um, really took to it real well, understand contracts. It's, it's a lot of reading, but understanding uh, people skills, and being able to talk to people in hard situations. And uh, some of the other staff uh, asked Pat if I could move up to be a business rep and help out in other areas. And then I moved into being a business rep and representing uh, a lot of guys at the, on the Edison company and working through grievances and, and arbitrations. Yes, man, you got, a, you got a pretty good history of negotiating and people and, like you said, contracts. That's a whole nother. A lot of facets. I mean, yeah. you have grievances, arbitrations. There's what's called the National Labor Relations Board. That's really who governs the government agency that governs utilities, mm-hmm. employers, and unions alike and keeps us all in check. Yeah. How so, Colin? I'm sorry. It's just I've never really... Right, what's, right. What's their role? I'm sorry. So the National Labor Relations Board is based, that's the board that covers the National Labor Relations Act. And, and that act is the rules that employers and unions have to abide by um, 
as an entity between each other. And so when we want to organize a group or bring a, a company into the union, normally the company doesn't want to be in the union, but it's really up to the members or the employees if they want to be union. It's not a company option. Wow. And if the members or the, the employees decide and they take a vote, I mean, it's democracy. They, they take a vote. And if they vote they want to be union, then we sit down uh, and bargain. And bar- bargain. Yeah, we organize them. We bargain the agreement, which, mm-hmm. which can take some time and be hard. Um, we've had a couple of those where, you know, it's took two, two years and, and those uh, employees got, got tired and voted us back out. So we've seen both <laughs> sides of it. It's not, it's not always bliss. Is that percentage 50 plus one? Do you remember the percentage? It's 50% plus one of who votes. So it's not of, it's not of the whole group, although you're assuming the whole group's going to vote. Oddly enough, some people just don't vote, but it is 50% plus one of, of the people who vote. And that's in, in or out as a union? Yes. To vote yep. you in or out. Same vote. thing, yep. Cool, thank you. And you need, Listen. just to add there, you need 30% of uh, support to go to an election and then obviously the 50 plus one to win. Man, it's all interesting. All the behind the scenes stuff that that happens when, you know, you got to go. And that's at the state level too at times, right? It, it can be, yeah. Depend, right? if, if it's public, they have yeah. a PERB, which is kind of the mirror of NLRB for the state. And yeah. then NLRB is the, uh, the federal government. Wow. It's a lot to it, guys. So it's a lot to what, what, you, what you're doing for us. Um, so you took the business manager role here. Has it been what you thought it's been or? Not at all. <laughs> Has it been more? <laughs> I quickly learned uh, probably within two, three weeks that I was a little behind the ball on, on understanding, you know, yeah, just the sheer size of this job and, and the different facets, right? Like dealing with the NLRB, dealing with the state, dealing with politics, dealing with attorneys. Let's talk about the size. When you say size, what, is that, what does that mean? Because, I mean. Size of the local or yeah, size, size of, of the local. Right. Like, so we, I mean. Currently, our, our membership is around 14,000, mm-hmm. and we are in 14 counties in California. So our jurisdiction rolls from roughly Fresno uh, property line all the way down to San Diego and from the water to the border of Arizona, and then we have kind of the top middle of uh, Nevada. So we actually have some area in Nevada, which, which there's some big transmission jobs coming up in, uh, up in the future there too. Um, but, but also the sheer size of different, you know, utilities, munis, contractors. So, you know, we have... Um, How many utilities are there and munis? Do you know offhand? Uh, well, we, I mean, I know that the major ones, obviously. Yeah, I mean, our biggest, our biggest yeah. utility in our area mm-hmm. for private utility, IOU, and then we represent, uh, I don't know, maybe another eight munis that do water, gas, uh, and some do electric. Wow. It's a large membership. It is 14, very large, very diverse, and, and everyone's got opinions. How many, uh, if you don't mind me asking, do you know how many linemen that makes up that 14,000? Off, off the top of my head, I'd I probably it. say maybe 3,500 if you go between the contractors and, and, utility. and utilities. Yeah, and then we have travelers too. So, I mean, probably around 4,000 total, 4,500. Oh. Did you think that number was that high? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it'd be higher. Honestly. Thought it'd be higher? I thought it'd be higher, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What about you? I thought it was, I thought it was actually, I don't know. It's, I mean, 3,500 seems, seems high, I think to me, you know, but I, I guess. But, I we're, but we're growing. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the sky's the limit. So no, well, there's, great. there's another 700, what, 700 apprentices coming behind that. Yep. You know, hiring. And they're another. looking to add, you know, more coming up here in uh, February. Yeah. Talking about the 300 apprentices this year, right? Right. Something like that. Yeah. It's growing, buddy. 
you know, Great time to open up the new apprenticeship up up north in Woodland. So we're yeah. we're looking to expand. We're all said his arms still sore from cutting that number that number six. <laughs> the clients. Single handed cut. All right. <laughs> then a while. Huh? It was hard. It was hard drawn. <laughs> They you were did, brand new. They were brand new clients. You know you what that's did, you like. You didn't try to score it a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I just, just, just went for it. I, I just went for it. <laughs> so, is there? I mean, we talked about you being very innovative and you know, new ideas as the business manager. Obviously, the size and what you're taking on is is tremendous. All you know, it's it's yeah. pretty phenomenal. What is? What are some of the things you think we can get better at, or that you want to improve in? Uh, well, get better at is listening. Um, yeah. You know, paying attention to, the, to your job. I mean, we. Like mm-hmm. I said, the only thing we have to sell is labor. And if we can't, if we can't study enough to pass our tests, that's yeah. not good. If we keep having circuit interruptions, it's not good. Yeah. Um, accidents, they're not good. I mean, that's the biggest thing that the um, employers are looking at, at from a safety standpoint. And at some level, no one's pushing us that hard. Like, like you said, Paul, it's, it's all self-imposed timelines. And I don't know why. Um, it just seems to be an industry issue. Yeah. That if we can fix that and curb that, I think we'll be a lot better off uh, going forward. Because the work's here, and we got a ton of it. So there's no reason for us to work ourselves out of out of any uh, any situations like that. Right, right. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. I think as as an industry, you know, we're, there's a there's a culture or mindset that things got to be rushed. You know, even the basic stuff, just having a job briefing. You know, and just like rushing through that, you know, and I'm, right. I think I and don't get me wrong. I think there's there's crews. This is not, you know, a statement that's everybody. Obviously, there's no. you know, I think there's a lot of guys out there that do take the time. Oh, if there's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's done every day. Right. I mean, there's a, but there are some I think there is a culture, like you said. And that, those are the silent guys we don't hear from. Right. Because they're doing their job. Exactly. I mean, that's that's really that's the truth. They're, they're busting ass doing their job. There's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. that's and it's good. It's good stuff. I, I had a question before. Yeah. Um, right. Colin, you may mention that. This, the size of the job, the sheer size of being a business manager kind of took you, uh, gave you a step back. Um, obviously, you, you've been since 2005 as part of the IBW Lucky 47, and you had your dad to kind of mirror, mirror what that role would look like. But when you got in that seat, what was, what was that, that challenge, that, that job, that, that, that thing that shocked you? Well, moving from, you know, the, like a business rep, assistant business manager type role, which you have kind of a singular facet into the all of the facets sure and so it, it just the volume is much larger and you, you really have to step back and 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 delegate yeah. you know have have good lieutenants under you and, and delegate um and create a structure which i'm in the middle of still creating and, and implementing and it's working out real well but you know having it all in front of you so you can see how sheer big it is it's it's tough wow. but, but we've i got my head around it now and we're, we're doing good yeah I got to hand it to you too. Like when uh, you came out with the, uh, the business managers minute, I don't know if we can talk about that too a little sure. bit. Um, I thought that was a great way to kind of unite the local under one platform. Right. And get obviously effectively communicate with, you know, from the digital marketing you know, perspective. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, was that, I mean, is that something you came up with? Cause I think that was, I'd like to say I came up on my own, but we did, we did <laughs> steal it from some other locals, but, but the reality yeah. is, you know, creating a fabric of communication is how we're going to get better. Yeah. Right. Um, f- from, from my role as a business manager all the way down to the lowest guy on the totem pole, if we can't talk to each other, that's a problem. Yeah. So, so being innovative and seeing what some of the other locals were doing and communicating through some of those, those platforms is huge. You know, something else going on is, you know, like we all have kids. My kids are turning into 16, 17, 18-year-olds. They're going to be joining our workforce, and that's where they're at. The, so the, young, the young people are on. Yeah. 
social media and that's how they live. Mm-hmm. So we need to make that pivot and that change in order for us to grow. Yeah, there's so much that I think we can we can learn from in that that space because you're right. Like the guy, that's what they're doing. They're in their phones. I look, you know, over to my daughter. She has her phone in her hand. Every, everywhere we look, it's there. Um, but I do think there's there's got to be a time when you know we just leave the phone, put it put it away, right? And I'm I'm starting to learn that that value too, just within myself. Because if it's sitting in front of me, and you know, doing family things, you you just tend to go go towards it because yeah, it's, you look it's you're constantly looking. i don't know what we look at but we're just looking. we're just looking. looking at the news looking at emails <laughs> and you just look two minutes ago right. it's like, ah, nothing changed yeah nothing changed but, but I, that's that instant gratification right right and and mm-hmm. society has has gone to that everything's quick 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 mm-hmm. our internet's not fast enough my phone's not working but yeah but really nothing's changed. powers out <laughs> yeah powers out yeah but the, but the power of the communication tool i think is where the value is in our trade and i think that's with this podcast and with you know the social media and what you're doing you know to, just to get everybody together and i'm looking to build bigger on that um yeah. really we're still working on an app i i I came in with that as being one of the big things I wanted and it's, mm-hmm. it's taken a little longer than I expected, mm-hmm. but, but building it the right way so we can communicate is really what we're looking for. Yeah. What's I your goal know. with that app? If you don't mind me, if you can talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like I said, being able to communicate through the app to our members, probably the stewards so that they can, they can get the information out to our crews. Uh, the hard part is with social media as of late last year, there were some bad things that were going on, some suggestions to, to wobble jobs and call in sick. And one, we can't do that. But two, there's confusion because no one's li- no one can hear us at the same time. You know, I can't be out there telling people to do any of that stuff because that's not where we're at and sure. we can all get in trouble. But one of the big goals for that app, like I said, is communication, uh, moving in dispatch, some kind of the mm. digital dispatch. Yeah. It's a little arcane for our, our reps to sit there and call people till four or five o'clock at night to see if they want to work. Yeah. So there's, there, there's gotta be an easier way. And some of our sister locals are, have already done that through COVID. Right. And they don't have to see or touch as much paperwork and expose themselves to any possible sickness. So efficiency too. Exactly. Right. It's like real time efficiency. We take hours to yeah. run dispatch. And yeah. We should be able to do it in, in 20, 30 minutes yeah. as I've seen some of the other locals handle paying dues through the app i imagine too yeah paying yeah paying dues merchandise all, all that kind of stuff yeah can we expect this this year best case scenario uh, uh yeah Maybe. i would expect it this year oh thank you one way or another man new stuff dropping here live <laughs> what do you know man, come on right here first on the power element man, podcast we need to plug we need to plug on the app just <laughs> yeah, get out of here <laughs> oh man so as you as you're growing and you know taking on the role are, are you noticing any immediate challenges or things we got to, we got to fix change, change wise, you know, other than what you've uh, mentioned. Just sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We yeah. get stuck in the rut of what we learned. And that's really mm-hmm. where I try to embrace change. When, when I hear we can't do that or that's not right, or we never did it like that, that mm-hmm. I try to really focus in those areas and either understand why we can't change and then try to force that change. Not, not in a bad way, but just it, change is constant. And if you don't embrace it, you're going to have problems. So upcoming, we got the, um, you just mentioned you got a stewards convention upcoming, right? Yeah. March 5th, uh, we have a stewards convention coming up. There, there should be a invitation coming out to all of our stewards probably in the next week or two. Um, we were set up last week, but a lot of the changes with LA County has kind of changed the way we're, we're communicating what you have to do, where be, um, but that should be coming out here pretty soon. Um, we've booked as, as a speaker with Echelon Front, Jocko Willink and, and a couple of the people from his team. So we're, we're uh, real excited to see a, a change and a pivot in the way we, we operate. Man, that's, 
I got to hand it to you for that. That's uh, that's exceptional. I think all the stewards are going to really enjoy that. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Fun time. Like I said, this is a huge aircraft carrier. It's not that easy to pivot, but but we're going to turn this thing around and, and go in a different direction. Yeah, and the Stewards Convention, that's a pretty unique thing, too, as far as for the local, right? It's done every year. Um, and last time I went, obviously, it was pre-COVID, but, man, I want to say it was at least 500 people, if not more. Right. I mean, right? right. I mean, from, it's from all walks of life. I mean, from, we got yeah. all the munis, the IOUs, uh, contractors. Yeah. Um, and, guest speakers. And, yeah, guest speakers. Entertainment. From, from all over. Yeah, some, <laughs> some fun entertainment. Um, and and I want to continue with that. Um, yeah. And I think this this year is going to be, in my mind, like I said, a pivotal movement. And we want to we want to change the direction and the understanding of what we should be doing as members of the IBW and as as a workforce, who, like I said, is selling our labor to the employers. Yeah, I think. And I back to the, being a steward. Um, you know. Being a steward and the relationship and, you know, partnerships between management, I think that's, that's so critical. And I know you feel the same way, the same passion in that. Um, what's your, what's your thoughts? Cause I know our, our superintendent, our yard, or I'm sorry, our superintendents and our stewards have great, great relationships yeah. with the guys, you know, and if we want to focus in on a, on a safety topic or, you know, some sort of maybe a new compliance training that we got, I mean, we kind of, we try to engage everybody, but it's through that steward, right? right. Typically leads our meetings. How, what's your thoughts on that, on that relationship between a steward and management. I, I think it's huge. Um, yeah. they're, they're basically our eyes and ears out there on the job site. And, and again, going back to that communication, if we're not having it, they don't know what we're doing. We don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, so to have that role of a steward be, be in the room with management and, and continue that, that goodness of wanting to be safer and change and train, I think is fantastic. And the better relationship you know, us as a union, our stewards and the companies have, I think the more healthy of a job site and workforce we're going to have. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, man. So, sometimes yeah. we don't get along and we have grievances and there's a course for that, right? It, mm-hmm. it goes through grievance to LMCC to CIR. And, but the, the more we can avoid that through a relationship is, uh, is a better for our trade. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. Cause I mean, when, when a steward and management is working together and, and and as a partnership, there's just so much more and so more efficient we can be, right? I mean, at that local level, right? A lot, lot more value. A lot more value than it going to labor management or any, anything, grievance procedures. If you can work that out, right. whatever the issue might be, because typically it's just a relationship and miscommunication. Sometimes it's ego. <laughs> sometimes it's ego. <laughs> and if you could check the ego, it'd all be better. Very, right? Sometimes it's very <laughs> simple, but you know, it's, it's yeah. again, these are old ways that we work that I want to bring a change to and hopefully yeah. bring that relationship to a level where a quick conversation can fix things. I know we were trying to look for, you know, stewards there, not here when we got our steward, but before and it seemed like, you seem like there's guys not taking those, those steward roles as much. Yeah. That, you for, know what I mean? For various reasons. For various reasons. Um, it, you know, I, I don't know why, but, but we're, you know, this union is only here because of its members, right? I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. the leader today. There's going to be somebody else here a different day, mm-hmm. but the union itself is its members. And if its members don't want to step up to help lead and change and do the right thing, we're, we're going to limp along. We're still going to be here. We're just not going to be the best that we can be. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I think, um, I think the local has a lot of good things too. I mean, Pat worked his ass off. <laughs> Yeah. Doing what he did oh, and yeah. putting things into place. What are some of the things that you're not touching? Like it's perfect the way it is. <laughs> is there anything that you're just like, uh, that you're like, man, that's. I never really looked at it that way. Um, Cause ever since I got 
got this job, I changed about everything he's touched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard Business it Business cards, letterhead. I know, right? Tru- I'm buying different trucks. Different trucks. Um, not all on purpose. But again, yeah. I'm, I'm also trying to be, you know, a man of my own, which is a tough shadow to come out of. Yeah. And um, I was a Hall of Fame lineman, not just the, <laughs> not just the business manager, financial secretary. Yeah, for yeah. What is it? Very true. 15 years? 22. No? 22 years? Yep. Oh, man, I missed that by lot um he reminds me <laughs> <laughs> but he's also a hall of fame lineman too so yeah, yeah you're that, right. that's uh that's something pretty cool i mean not it everybody is. not everybody gets to go and do that um yeah. you know he just he worked his ass off and earned it so it's yeah. it's real good stuff yeah, it's good, good awesome. for our local too i mean it just shows the kind of workforce that we have out here yeah i think um i think you're the perfect guy for this position man you know, not just because you're Pat's kid. I think it's one of those things where you're, you know, you have a, a desire and a passion to improve, which is, which is a value to me just as a, as a hand as well too, man. Like, and even as a manager, like you want to improve. I'm, I'm all about that. What do you think? What do you think? Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just improvement hear, and to hear that. Yeah. I, I've gotten to know Colin over the fat, uh, the yeah. past few rodeos and talking to him, but just hearing like, uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a business, you know, and uh, you need the right person in, in that business uh, to, to, to lead, lead it, to lead yeah. it. Yeah. And, and definitely have a, a swing of things. So uh, well, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah. And again, going back to being a young journeyman, you want to make yourself a commodity. And, and I want to make sure that, that the members understand I'm, I'm here for them to, to back them on anything that we got going on. And I want to do the best I can as if I was in the field looking at that guy up there going, Hey, w- what is he doing? Why is he doing that? Um, and I want to try to give back to our membership as if I expected it from being a member in the field myself. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, as far as innovation goes, I wanted to bring up an, a, an old topic here, an old document that and we, me and Paul asked around if guys even know what it is. And we got mixed feelings. And, you know, and I've, it's a term we use all the time. It's, it's actually in our agreements. I'm sure you've read it. You've seen it there, too. And it's the IBW Code of Excellence. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Code of excellence. It's there. It's there. And it's like, it's, it's something, um, I don't know, Paul. I mean, you asked the question, you thought it was interesting. You asked some linemen, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, asked, what, what, is, what do you know of the code of excellence? Yeah, it was just, well, cause Roland yeah. and I had a yeah. kind of mixed, uh, opinion or just really didn't know how to tackle it because it's really not, it's something that's might not be in the forefront as far as uh, literature that anyone's looking at. Yeah. Um, to, so to bring it back and, and Roland and I read through it, uh, pretty good and it's like it, this is the fundament this is a fundamental baseline for for how what we you're talking about what you're, ta- what you're yeah. talking about and how yeah. we should kind of kind of kind of brand ourselves yeah so our, our international offices you know came up with this code of excellence i don't know a number of years ago and yeah. it's, it's worked well with you know bridging that gap of relationship with employers who don't either understand us and, and you, you bust this out and it's like oh wow that's that's a good backbone but you know being being members, we, sometimes we don't we don't follow it the way the way it's written, or even uh, you know apply it properly. And there's a there's a whole it's a partnership though. When you read this, it's like a partnership yes. between labor and management. Like we both are in it together, definitely, right? And and when I when I finally pulled it out, and, and I got to be honest too, like I haven't read this thing in probably five years, right? You know, right. and I go I I go through this document, and I'm like, wow, like we just talked about that. Like we just had a safety topic on that. We just, you know, from a culture perspective, this is where we need to set our, our baseline, just bare minimum, our foundation. And I wanted to do that today with you, if we could, because it's the beginning of the year. Definitely. Um, 
I think it's a good opportunity for all our listeners, wiremen or whoever, journeyman, whoever you are, whatever classification you hold for the local. Right, right. Like this is the foundation of what we're selling, right? This This is it. This is the baseline of where we should be, where we should be starting from and then working better off of. Yeah. So if you guys are okay, I'm just going to read a little bit of it and we can maybe talk through it a little, just not too much time, but I would like to get your thoughts on specific points. Sure. So the code of excellence, uh, IBW. Um, and when I looked up the word code, a couple words popped out principles being one of them and culture of it being a code. So the code of excellence, it's about your culture and that's what we're talking about. The foundation culture of excellence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the culture of excellence. And then when I looked up the word excellence, interesting, I saw a couple words, greatness and champions. And what better industry do we got to be a part of to be champions than this one, right? So the code of excellence or the culture of champion um, of the IBW. The code of excellence is a program designed to bring out the best in our construction members and demonstrate to our customers that IBWs, and here's the three things, perform the highest quality and quantity of work, number one. Number two, utilize their skills and abilities to the maximum. And three, exercise safe and productive work practices. It's pretty basic. And we just talked about all that right now in a nutshell. Right. I mean, we yeah. went through all of those. We went through the highest being, you know, being a quality workforce, having the skills or training to back that up, right? And then being safe, obviously, and being productive. So we'll jump right into it. So the code, um, starting with the letter C, come to work on time, fit for duty and ready to work. I've, I've heard you say that in your business manager's uh, minute. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, it starts right from the start, right, guys? It's showing like, up. Showing up. Being ready. On time, fit for duty. And we talk about that all the time. As your boots laced up and, you know, being ready for work, not showing up with your hungover. boots. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not hungover, <laughs> not, not untied, not, hey, I'll get it in a minute. It's you show yeah. up to work and ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, the O in code. Obey, recognize customer and employer work rules. All the rules. D. Demonstrate zero tolerance for alcohol and substance abuse. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Fit for duty, right? The E, exercise proper, exercise proper safety, health, and sanitation practices. Fit, oh. for, fit for duty? Fit for duty. Yeah. Um, the O, own up to eight for eight and be on the job unless otherwise allowed or authorized to leave. On your mention that, don't, why are you in a hurry? Right, right. No, it's, everyone's looking at what they got going on later in the day or what they got plans to do. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And, you know, we all have life, but, but sometimes you got to stop and, and do your job. Absolutely. Uh, the F, follow safe, reasonable, and legitimate management directives. So there's like the, that's like the partnership, in my opinion. Start, it's already starting. You know, if the guy, the employee has to know or the hand has to know what's the expectations. Right. What is what is expected of me? And if we're not doing that as management, except and that's foreman, that's general foreman. That's not just all the way up. It's all the way up. Right. It's it's setting those expectations and that's management's responsibilities to do that. Right. Um, Paul, you want to take the excellence? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> e. Encourage respect for the customer's rights and property as well as for others on the job. Um, your brother's keeper, pretty much. Right. That's. Keep your tools, get your, keep your hands off your other guy's tools when they're in the bin and stuff like that. 
Well, yeah. I mean, the customer respect the customer's rights and property. Oh, there you go. You know, that's a, that's a you know, being on the job site and, and a professional image. Right. I mean, that's, I kind of see that respecting the property you're on. You know, I mean, we all got families. There's certain things you don't, that you probably don't want your daughter to hear when she's home from school. Cause you got to watch out. Those ring videos are everywhere. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> ring video cameras. Exactly. Um, go ahead, Paul. Uh, ex- exercise the skills and abilities of the trade. Like I, that one. I like that. Uh, the C care for tools and equipment provided by the employer. <laughs> Rolls passion. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just, I'm passionate about that one. Obviously it's, you know, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys that take care of their stuff and right. hats off to them. But we, we, there is some improvement in the sense that, you know, every time we have to purchase a tool that's been broken or we have to, because or replace one that's been stolen because it's not locked. I mean, that's a added cost that we have to now recoup into our rates or, you know, whatever it may be or whatever right. project we're on. So yeah, it's, it's our responsibility to care for those tools as, as if they were our own, right? Um, eliminate waste and other forms of property destruction, including graffiti. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. We've seen some funny drawings over the years. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And there's been some things that got yes. escalated that probably could get us in a little bit of trouble there with graffiti. Uh, limit lunch breaks. Limit lunch and break times to allocated periods. Adhere to established start and quit times. Leave inappropriate behavior to those of lesser knowledge. Sounds like taking care of the apprentices yeah, a little definitely. bit, you know, not, you know, treating them in a way that they're not they're in a position where they're not learning. You got to treat them like they're your kids. Right? They're, they're not, they're very important. They're, yeah. they're the next generation of the trade. And if we don't treat them right, it's going to, it's going to keep pushing on the same stuff we don't want to see. Yeah. Uh, and, E in excellence, employ the proper tools for the job and maintain personal tool responsibilities. That right there is both, I think, craft, worker, and management, right? We got we to all work together on making sure we have the right tools for the job. Uh, do not solicit funds or sell merchandise without the business manager's approval. <laughs> have you approved that much? <laughs> no, I haven't seen any of these come across my desk. That was Pat Lavin's. Uh, that was Pat Lavin. That was his, his yeah. big deal, huh? Yeah, I remember one time I printed something. I can't remember what it was. The Union Bug. Oh, it was on a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. It was just a swag shirt for the, for the hands, you know, and it's like, that ain't, no, that ain't a Union-made shirt. You can't yeah, be you putting be careful where you have it made. <laughs> right? You got to be careful. Well, I mean, we have, you know, yeah. contractors who do T-shirts that are approved, and yeah. you just got to use the right one. Use the right ones, exactly. Lesson learned. Uh, curtail idle time or pursuit of personal business during work hours, including cell phone use. Ooh, it's a good one. And then finally, the last one, expel job disruptions and refuse to engage in slowdowns or activities designed to extend the job or create overtime or any other conduct that casts the IBW in a bad light. What's your thoughts on that last one? That's a big one. That's a big one. You know, that's, uh, again, that's what we're selling is work. And if we, we can't uh, keep our job going and be at work, that's going to be a problem for our customers. Um, and that's the important part. Uh, with, with our representation. Yeah, guys. So, you know, I wanted to take a, a moment there. Obviously this goes on and on, you know, a little bit here on the management responsibilities, but I think, you know, for this, for this discussion, it's a good foundation. You know, it's a really oh, good definitely. foundation just to start and to just hit the reset button for us all as the, as the year starts up. 
And, you know, I found this online. I don't know for all our listeners, it's easy to get to. IBW.org. Um, yeah. Uh, you can find this on, on the website. A lot, lot, lot of good stuff on that website. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good things on the website. Grabbed it. And, um, well, yeah, well, good, this good discussion. I guess as a hand, you could, you could take a lot from this and, and look, reflect on it. But as a, as a business, as a manager, does this, does this kind of hit a different tone too? Is this something you could kind of look at and say like, yeah, this is a good fo- about a foundation for me as well. Oh, absolutely. You mean looking at me personally? Yeah. Well, you running a company. Oh, as a manager. Yeah. As a manager. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It's, um, cause you can't, you can kind of, you can kind of stray away from the fundamental of, of things. If that's, that's right. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I'm the worst at it is adding more and more to rules and procedures and policies and training and innovation. Like that's kind of, that's kind of my passion, right. And giving back to the trade. And yeah, you're right, Paul. When we started talking about this, this is like basic fundamentals that really solves all of our problems. We don't have to invent anything. It's all right. It's it's right here. Nice and simple. Not too many rules, Raul. That that can drown (laughs) us too. (laughs) I agree, man. And, and, but you know, on the flip side, you know, these other rules or things that come into place is because I've heard you say in one of your minutes, like these rules are there because somebody got hurt. Definitely. You know, they broke maybe a fundamental rule. There's a reason why it's called a red book. Right. Yeah. It's written in blood. It's written in blood, exactly. And so I guess, yeah, Paul, you're right. If we can just fundamentally make go back to basics and, and simplify things, this would be it. But I, I think with Colin representing the union and yourself representing the running of a company, and then as a hand, you can say, like, this encompasses everyone's opinion, and it's a good partnership, as you said. It's a good baseline partnership for all of us to kind of abide by. And we all signed it. We all signed. We're all, we, we've all been, this is not the first time we've seen this document, but we, it kind of goes under the wayside. If, and uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we've had, had this conversation with Colin and at the beginning of the year. What do you think about it? I mean, you're, I, I mean, you're from the field. What I, do you I, think about just the basic, what's your thoughts on it? It's, it's, it's this, com- in, everything up to this conversation has been reflected on this paper. And like you said, this converse, these conversations come up in the safety meetings that reflect this, 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 this paper. Um, and some of it, it's, it's, it's written real easy and it's kind of, it's kind of fun to read, but it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. And we could, we can really learn from it. It's really, it's really the foundation, like a start of our, of what IBW culture should be is the the basic. And if I'm a hand or a member in the field and I'm doing something that's outside of our culture, I don't need a manager to tell me the rule that I've just violated in the company red book or the company rule book. Because it says right here, that's our code. You know, that's our culture. We should, we should kind of, I guess, self-check ourselves that, uh, that, that I'm not, that's not going to be tolerated here, right? right? As a member. Is that, is that your feeling? Oh, definitely. I mean, you, yeah. we got to look, look inside ourselves and make sure that we're, we're checking ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, checking that ego. Um, yeah. we're, we're not better than we think we are. And if we can operate by a set of rules like this, it, it provides a better product for our customer. And, and again, training for our apprentices and, and the other fellow journeymen around us. Yeah. And there's management responsibilities too. Like, like I mentioned, it's not just, not just the men. Like I got to take ownership in it too. I think that's where you were going with that question. A, a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I know it's just, it's just a really good document. It was just pretty cool. Yeah. And, and we did, we did ask a few linemen uh, when we were, we were kind of reading up on it and it was kind of like, oh, this is, this is something that should be hanging in offices and, and something that should be, you know, in, in your folder uh, just to kind of reset. Well, like you said, Colin, though, like if there's a, if there's an issue with employer and the membership, this is one of the first things that's right kind of 
the foundation right back to it. Like, okay, we're going to reset, hit the reset button. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to dive into this and uphold this, this code of code of excellence or this culture of champions. Right. Definitely puts a marker out there where we can work from and and have common ground. Yeah. No, all good conversation guys. This is awesome. Um, what's next, Paul? What do you want to do? Uh, You want to take a pause? You ready? Yeah, let's do a little, let's do a little pause. I think this is a good, a good opportunity right now. Take a little break. I mean, that was a, that was a good conversation, long conversation. It was good. That's good. Um, there was, there's one question, question we wanted uh, to get through, uh, Colin. Go for it. Um, when you're done as a business manager. I was going to leave that one for last. Never mind. We'll go back to this one. <laughs> oh, here no, we go. no, you already, you already teed them up. Let's go. All right. When you're done as a business manager, <laughs> and it's all said and done. However that ends or begins, uh, what does success look like to you at the end of it? Success for me would be growing the membership you know, double, triple in numbers, um, and having the workforce be well-trained and well-hydrated to continue on. Oh, nice. Sorry, I your question. You did. I was trying to stump me or what? (laughs) I was going to try to phase into a closing statement, but he just took it. So I'll, you know, I'll let him close the show. Oh, no, no, no. I got buttons to push over here. (laughs) I got buttons to push. All right. Uh, this is my favorite segment of the show. Um, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Uh, this is pause with producer Paul. We got some uh, funny questions for me. We got some questions from the gram, and then we'll get into Raul recommends. First one, we're gonna go with Raul. Oh, I guess first though. I thought, yeah, but go for it. You're tanned <laughs> and you're, you're pumped up. <laughs> All right, what are you known for being king of the grill for? Uh, so what do you? Oh doing? man, barbecue chicken. That's with, it. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only thing. You I'm just really going, good you at. just open the pack and throw it on there. Come on, man, open it up. <laughs> Gosh, this is the grill expert. <laughs> What you got? You doing a little marinade? Well, it's you know, well, it's got to be organic chicken. All right. Only thing my family eats. All right, <laughs> uh, it's definitely got to be bone in. So lay, you know, it's got to have the bone in it because I think that's gonna, it's gonna cook well on the grill. Uh, I'm gonna add some lemon pepper on it, some some lemons, uh, and throw some barbecue sauce on it. All right. Does that, I mean, does that fit the bill? <laughs> it looks great. Hey, man, it's your, it's your question. P- pretty simple. You, know, you, you like a char on there? Or? Yeah, a little, yes. You know what? I like a little bit, you know, charred. You use a sure. thermometer? Are you just going by squeeze? You're t- touching oh, it? Oh, I can just tell by just the way it looks. I'm not eating over your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly don't want him touching it. No, I ain't touching it. But I'm going to throw some, I'm going to throw corn on the cob in there and, you know, I'm going to do it up. You go husk on? No, I'm going to, I'm going to, not going to do it with the husk on. I'm boiling it. All right. <laughs> you just said you're throwing it on the grill. How's that work? I don't know. It? You know, a little little burner next to it. I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm going to boil it and get put some tahini on it and call it good. Ooh. Now you're talking. <laughs> All right, Colin, what you got? Mm, tri tip. Ooh. Oh. I like to smoke tri tip for a couple hours and then finish it on the grill. I like doing that. The, yeah. Which tri tip you buying from Costco? Or? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, That's a good one. Prime. Is it uh, Mar- what, Maria's or Santa Maria? Santa Maria. Oh, thank you. no, I marinate my own. Oh, you marinate your own? Yeah, okay. Yeah. What you okay. got? What you, can you tell a little bit of your, your marinade? Oh, the super super secret sauce? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, Not real simple. Salt and pepper, you know, maybe some other dry rub, but really keep it simple and let, let the, the smoke work it. And, nice. And then trying to char it on the barbecue, finish it on barbecue. What are you cooking on? Uh, Traeger, little tiny Traeger. Nothing too big. What kind of pellets are you using? Mm, whatever ones I can find. There you go. Good question. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next question. Nice. That's pretty good. That was good. What about you? Um, Come on, man. You're the grill expert. Ribeye, easy. On the Weber kettle. Look at, he's going to go down right now. Let's see it. What else? Uh, indirect, over to direct, 125. Pull it, let it rest. 
What kind of what kind of rub are you using? I use my 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 special reload rub, fully loaded. Just go for it. A little bit of uh, olive oil as a binder. All good. Sounds like you studied for that. <laughs> well, he had the question. <laughs> it's my segment, man. It's his segment. My my little my little moment. All right. Um, we'll go with Colin first. Mm-hmm. Should be pretty funny. Hope so. Or I'll get fired. <laughs> All right. A habit that you have that your spouse cannot stand. <laughs> I want to be right. <laughs> I want to be right. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's probably. It's a tough one when you're married. Yeah. You don't really get to have it all the time. <laughs> What's that saying go? Uh, my, my wife may not be right all the time, but she's never wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> pretty close. I don't know. I roll. I'd, I'd go with the happy wife, happy life. That's <laughs> pretty good. I think I, we all got beards here. I think it's got to be the beard clipping on the. I mean, after you're done, I just kind of, I try to clean it the best I can, but man, you just, you just can't get it all up. And it's, I think that's probably one of the things that just irritates the shit out of her for sure. Oh, on the sink. Yeah. On the sink, the beard clips on the sink. Like you try to clean it, you try to do your best, but it, you're it's not a, getting it It gets it everywhere. It gets everywhere. All right. That's a good question. All right. I'm all right. With it. Favorite James Bond actor. Oh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Sean Connery. Is that what you're talking? Yeah. Like the OG? Yeah. Yeah, it's either Sean. I mean, yeah, I won't say Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Sean Connery for Sean sure. Sean Connery, yeah. yeah. We got to go with that one. All right. Who's the other guy? Roger Roger Moore? Roger Moore. Daniel Craig now. He's a new one. Daniel Craig, and then there was another guy in there. Pierce they did, Bronson. They did Pierce Bronson. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. did it. Yeah, he did a couple. He did. It's got to be Sean Connery yeah. all day. Hunt for Red October. Uh, <laughs> we'll go uh, Colin with this one. Best prank someone has played on you. Oh, so he's, he's a lavin. No one's fucking giving well, him a prank. Well, I'll tell you what. So oh, yeah, lavins are the pranksters. <laughs> lavins are the pranksters. <laughs> no, I uh, I was an esteemed uh, drinker as a young man, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad had found me in the backyard one day, passed out. So on my twenty first birthday, clearly before I was twenty one, <laughs> on my twenty first birthday, they threw me a surprise party, and uh, he put my my whole bedroom out on the front lawn. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's brutal, man. It is. Oh, my God. That's a rough life over there. (laughs) That's totally your dad. (laughs) But pretty neat that we can, you know, poke fun at it and then uh, and have fun. So (laughs) that's awesome. I roll. Uh, Anything? That's prank. I got to I got to go back to maybe when I was an apprentice. Like, I can't think of. I mean, who's going to pull a prank on me now? True. Get fired. No, Um, (laughs) I think I got to go back to. Uh, when I was an apprentice, the, probably the zip tie on the drive shaft. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. And could not figure out what the fuck was wrong with my 1972 Nova. <laughs> you know what I mean? Around. I'm like, what the heck is that? Driving in and out of the yard for a couple of days. You know, I'm like, what is <laughs> oh, that? Oh, wow. Went on more than one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I'm done. I can't. Yeah, it was probably the biggest, <laughs> the best prank that was done to me. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Big jokester. Uh, all right. Question from the gram. We got a few. Uh, we'll get through these. Uh, you guys, thank you for submitting these. Please continue to submit them when we bring them out on the story. Uh, we are going to send you guys some swag. Here we go. Uh, I do not know how to say this. I'm going to try not to butcher this. Lalo Magana underscore zero four. Here we go. What were some of the key steps you took that you would advise others to be successful? Colin. Jesus, is that just in life or whatever you want? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, just be persistent in your pursuit for happiness. I mean, work hard at your job. Like I said, make yourself a commodity and, and train yourself. If if you can't get it, find it. Well said. Earl? No, yeah, I think 
I think you did great on that. Um, yeah, you got to invest in yourself, right? And you got to ask questions and, and grow and put yourself out there and lean, yeah. in, lean into that uncomfortableness. Yeah. Well said. All right. Our buddy from up north, Ben Holmes, working class 013, asks What up, Ben? Colin, how long has he been growing that unit of a beard? <laughs> <laughs> well, this time I'd say probably six years. There's no trimming? Mm, well, no, I, I, I trim it and maintain it. And, I mean, it doesn't get like this beautiful for nothing. <laughs> um, but I've gone in and out of, of beards and goatees over the years. Um, but I, I like what I have now. There's, prob- there's probably a question there. What kind of beer are you, you using? Yeah, you got any, you got any tips? Any tips? Uh, any kind that I buy at the store. Lately, whatever's got, they got a Target usually. Okay. Ma- Maestros, I think it's called. Oh, nice. nice. Thanks, Ben. All right, cool. Uh, next one, E underscore moon underscore 95. What are some near misses you have come across and what did you do to prevent it from happening? Roll. What did I do to prevent it that came miss. across? Yeah, we got, I challenge you. A near miss. Man, I, we are struggling with reporting near misses, but um, me personally. Yeah, maybe was there a past one in your, in your line careers or anyone you could think of? Well, there's always, you know, there's always things that, you know, maybe arms breaking, you know, wires separating, <laughs> uh, moving conductors, a good one. I think that, you know, you got to be aware of, and yeah, there was a near miss where could have had a, had a big problem had somebody not spoken up at the time, you know, uh, moving wire and getting near a, um, uh, traffic signal. Right. I mean, those are things that guys catch while doing that. And, you, and you don't think it's that close until it's too late sort of thing. And a, a lineman on my crew go down there check it out and sure as shit you know it's getting t- way too close so we had to do something about it so um i think that's the awareness is the biggest thing i don't know if that's the, the question we're going here but yeah having the awareness on the job site and, and not being afraid to speak up would be another critical thing cool yeah calling anything you came across yeah. in your career yeah i almost just got hit by a car driving in here making a right-hand turn <laughs> welcome to riverside <laughs> it's dangerous over here <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, it wasn't underscore Rue underscore. Uh, what characteristics make a crew enjoyable? Roll. Hmm. Characteristics. You got to have um, camaraderie, right? You got to be able to have a good time on a crew. You got to be able to laugh, uh, but you got to hold each other accountable too. Like we were talking about, yeah. you know, not being afraid to speak up when something's not within our code or our culture. I think that's, that's, that's really good. Um, don't be afraid to engage in personal, um, conversation too, on how family life is and how things are with the kids. And I think those are all, all like from, from just from my perspective and seeing like crews that are very successful, they do that really well. They're, you know, they got charisma, you know, they have fun. Um, they're not swag. Yeah. Swag. Yeah. I mean, that's all big time. I think that's why we got in the business in the trade is, is because of that. So, um, Yeah. Colin, what you got? Treating each other like family. You yeah. know, like I said, hanging out, being able to, mm-hmm. to know the next move of the guy you're working with and having yeah. fun. Keep yeah. keeping it light. Mm-hmm. Uh, this question will be for Mr. Lavin. Brian underscore Tapper asks, with inflation rising the way it is, what's Local 47's plan to negotiate a wage to keep up? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the thousand dollar question these days. Yes, you know? it is. Uh, the money know, in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, as of late, you know, the CPI has spiked. Inflation's not looking good, but, but again, as we look over the 30, 40 years, 
it happens two or three times and it goes down after like a quarter. It doesn't, doesn't last very long. It's not like multiple years. Most of the averages are probably three and a half to four. So we're going to go in there and negotiate and, and hopefully the membership has our back at, at the positions we have. And again, our outside line is a, it's a two local agreement. So we have 47 and 1245 at the table and all the members of both locals are going to have to stand up and, and be at our back. Gotcha. Perfect. Right. Thank you. Uh, B Gomez 307 asks best advice for a brand, uh, for someone brand new into the, in, in, in the industry. Sorry about that. Roll. Brand new to the industry, huh? Brand new. What's the best advice? Man, keep your head on a swivel. Um, make sure you're, <laughs> make sure you're not putting yourself in a position to get hurt. Um, I think this is the, is probably the biggest thing. Learn how to drive a truck is basic stuff. We struggle with that, you know, yeah, not, not just have the license, yeah. actually know what you're doing. Actually know what you're doing. Um, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Ask questions. De- definitely ask questions. Yeah. Don't, don't, um, come into it. thinking you know, everything, um, find a mentor. You know, I think that's huge is find somebody you can rely on to ask these questions, um, get their feelings on it. Um, be fit for duty. We talked about it as a, as a core value or a code of excellence. Um, don't come, come to work prepared, prepared mentally too. Right, right. Op- open-minded so you can yeah. see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't have too many opinions, especially when you're new, mm-hmm. trying to tell people how to work when you don't have the experience. And, and take the initiative. Read your contract. Read your rule books. Read, you know, a lot of guys don't even do that, that step. You know, they don't even open up the book. They go right to the wage <laughs> right to the wages, right to the wages, and, wages and days off wages and days off that's and what did they learn from some other guy right this yeah. is what so-and-so said five years ago so, yeah uh, so, i gotta read it i mean that's it i think that's that's it in a nutshell oh yeah. uh colin i think you kind of answered a little bit yeah. too right you good anything to add yeah anything to add yeah good yeah i'm good. good with it all right cool uh next question last question from internally our, our pm uh always chiming in paul's brain what's up paulito <laughs> Waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> what is the greatest compliment accomplishment you've had professionally and in your personal life, Mr. Lavin? Shit. Well, the current uh, position I have is probably the biggest professional uh, thing I got going on. Uh, getting married and having kids. I mean, it, having babies is probably the best thing that you, you can do as growing up. It takes you out of being that selfish mm-hmm. single guy into being a family and being a provider. I think it really changes the way, you know, your life goes. You yeah. make decisions different. You're providing for people and um, just trying to do the best you can. Yeah, that's awesome. Earl, how about yourself? I think same for me. I think this position here um, has really, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of it. You know, I think we've come a long way since 2015 as a, as a company. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm proud of, you know, uh, all of our employees. You know, we're almost to 300 now, if you can believe that. That's wow. pretty, pretty good Great. for us. Um, and I'm just trying, every one of them deserves the best company to work for. And I guess that's, that's what I want to strive to do for. And, um, and then here, both of us are sitting on a, uh, as a board of trustees now, which is a huge, I mean, that was a five-year plan for me, Paul. And we talked about it before yeah. and, and it's, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm really proud of to have a say in the industry, you know, and be at the table. You know, I think that's a huge, um, huge accomplishment that I'm super proud of. Um, and then as a, as a personal Obviously, my daughter. You know, I, I, I just it's probably the best thing I can, I can, I can uh, definitely appreciate. Yeah. Right. No, I'm watch, watching those kids grow. I mean, like yeah. I said, I got mine are 16, 17, 18, and they're mm-hmm. moving on to be adults and join our workforce, yeah. join the world, and it's just amazing to watch them go from kids to to adult men. Mm-hmm. To, exp- to expensive kids. 
<laughs> I wish it was. I two. might as well have two. It was three. <laughs> One girl's like two boys. Oh shit! I got three Possibly. boys. <laughs> there you go. A lot of ER trips. Bunch, yeah. ER bunch trips. Of, it's all wrestling and fist fights at my house. So. Yeah. Uh, Colin, I got I got a question. Um, before we get to raw recommends, um, when that transition happens from your when your dad uh asked you to take the position, what was it? What was his advice to you? If he gave you any. None. Didn't give me any. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Now, after that, you know, months later, he he talks to me a lot about, you know, where we should go, how we should do things, you know, probably should have had a better plan. But um, I think coming up under him for so many years, it, it it's natural. It's a natural movement. It's been pretty seamless, and it's it's the best mentor that I can pick up a phone and call. That's kind of the neatest part is he's still around. Cool. Nice. Roll recommends. Roll what you recommend, boss. Did you want to recommend something first? Uh, shoot, I was. I, I, I asked the question. Uh, yeah, get yourself a uh, Superman from Working Athlete. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I take one every time before a podcast. Energy and focus and hydrate recover. Plug uh, power element code at checkout. Check it out. Always plugging this guy. Always. Um, Your recommendation, boss. I do have recommendations. So uh, here recently we had a. We had a leadership meeting to start the year and, you know, we're talking about goals and accomplishing goals for the year. But I asked some of the, some of our uh, leaders that report to me is, uh, what do you want to do for yourself? Like, what are the things that you want to accomplish, you know, outside of, outside of, you know, the rules and tools and what we got to do for the company. And so I recommended to help with that. This, uh, what I'm going to recommend today is the power list and Paul, you have it too. Yep. Um, Thank you. it's the Powerless, uh, Andy Frisella is your guide, your daily guide to dominating life. And it's basically a way to capture critical things that you want to get done daily, right? In a, in a simple format, in a book, it's, it's a, a good journal to write in and I like it. And I'll just kind of read how to use the power list. Uh, every day, write in five critical tasks to complete for that day. If you complete the task, put a check in the box next to the task. If you do not complete the task by the end of the day, put an X in the box next to that task. If you complete all five tasks that day, you win for the day. At the bottom of the page, circle the W. So once a task has been on your power list for 21 days straight and, and has been completed all 21 days in a row, it is now considered a habit that you will complete automatically. You must now remove that task from the list and replace it with a new critical task. The goal is to win every day. When you create a habit of winning, it creates a momentum of confidence. When you win enough weeks, you win the month. When you win enough months, you win the year. When you win enough years, you win your life. Yes, that's, that's that easy win. So it's a, it's a great way I'm recommending it to, to, um, to put five things down every day you want to get done and to build a good habit. Um, it's got a, great, got a great quote at the bottom too, like, like for this day on, on the day that I wrote my critical tasks. It says, live for the weekends and that's all you will ever, ever have. And it's the powerless. So if you guys are interested in, into dominating life. It's a great way to do it. Cool. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Colin, you got anything to recommend? Yeah. Vacation. Just get away and debrief. Um, I think that's a huge thing. I, I, I do go up to mammoth every year with some oddly enough elementary and uh, junior high buddies been going up there for 25, 30 years and just go camping, fishing, hiking. That's cool. Just getting away. Cool. Seeing, the, seeing the wilderness. Yeah, you got to, man, it's people sometimes, I totally agree with that because if you don't just peel away and get outside of what you're doing on a daily, you just kind of get in that grind, you just never get out of it. 
No, I suffered from that too. It's tough. It's, it's tough because you don't know when to do that. Um, but you got to plan it. Like you yeah. said, got to get, get a, open the calendar up, put the vacation down and stick to it. Been doing that one, like I said, for like 30 years. <laughs> That's awesome. We're down to like six dudes that still go. We used to be up to like 20. That's awesome. And uh, we just get away for a week and have a good time. Shut her down, huh? Yeah. No cell phones. We check them as soon as we check in. That's cool. Uh, all right, Colin, that's all I got. Uh, I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Uh, Roll's going to wrap it up. He's going to have to figure out a new way to ask a question here. Uh, yeah, he screwed it all up. But I'll see you tomorrow, <laughs> every third Saturday. I appreciate uh, 10 it. 10 a.m., I'll see, you, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah, definitely. Hey, sir. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up, obviously, by thanking you for coming out. I know you're a busy man, like I said. And, you know, for you to take the time to come out and have this great conversation to go over the code of excellence and really just hit the reset button and start the year off right for all, every, all of our listeners, all of our members is awesome. So thank you, man, for coming out. I appreciate the invite and anytime. Yeah, I'm going to finish up with um, kind of the importance of being a leader, but it's back, back to the book in uh, leadership and 100 quotes. Again, thank you, my daughter, Madison, for buying this for me. And Martin Luther King Day is coming up. So I thought we'd finish up with something from Martin Luther King Day. And it's a quote by Martin Luther King. And it's, a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. So I like this quote, and I'll kind of elaborate a little bit further. You know, obviously Martin Luther King was a visionary leader, and as a leader he was saying, you are the driving force. A good leader does not seek to be popular simply by giving the people what they want. It is important for your leadership to develop the rhetorical skills with which Martin Luther King was so richly blessed. So you are all able to present your idea in the most convincing way possible. It is not as simple as merely as getting your own way. An important part of gaining consensus is seeking input from those who you work with. That way you achieve a common purpose. So I, I wanted to finish with that quote because it's just, I think it's so fitting for both of our positions in management, right? Although we're driving forces and we're driving large organizations, 14,000 members in your case, um, I think we got to listen to you know, the needs but we got to be the driving force and use our skills to improve, right? Technically, fresh ideas. And I think you bring that to the table, Colin. And I want to thank you. And I'm looking forward to your, to your tenure here um, as our business manager. So thank you again for coming out. Definitely. We appreciate it. Thank you. Paul, you want to, you want to, you want to close us out of here, man? Um, How do you, did you have fun? Yeah, that was great. Great. <laughs> well, First podcast of the year. Yeah, it's great. Feel good. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, yeah, thanks again, Paul. You did a great job for stealing my final question. Um, definitely want to thank all our promotional partners out there uh, at Jailco Safety, uh, Working Athlete. Check out that Superman that, that Paul loves so much. Alternating Current Line Clothing. Uh, got a, a special shout out to Klein Tools. Thank you guys again. Uh, Cody at Co Eyewear. Thank you, man, for everything you do. Uh, that swag at the uh, Christmas party was phenomenal. Thank you, sir. And uh, Superior Glove, check out their stuff. Awesome swag. Uh, thanks again, Colin. Appreciate it. Paul, you're awesome. Uh, everybody stay safe. Uh, be fit for duty and always be your brother's keeper. Thank you.
right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us. Episode 15 of the Power Element Podcast. Thank you, Colin Lavin. Uh, thank you to the brothers and sisters at the Riverside and Diamond Bar offices of the union. Uh, appreciate you guys so much. All right, please like, share, follow this uh, this podcast. Get it out there, guys. All right, this is Daniel Sanchez with The Vision. Uh, his details can be found in the show notes. All right, guys, have a great day. Happy New Year. See you in the next one. I can't stop winning, think it's a condition. My canvas growing, my palette colors looking vivid. That picture perfect, they get nervous when I come and send it. I ain't that sensitive, just think my sense is kicking in. It's like they're vegan because they never get that chicken dinner. They getting blue because of my gold, I ain't surprised they're greener. Like, what you mean you're getting angry just by my demeanor? I ain't surprised though, so I'm just vibing with it. I ain't surprised, no, check my watch, it's time in it. Folks are electric, still I wouldn't be shocked if I went at a different because this project is my incline. Already told you it's mine. This my quest, what my tribe, now go check the rhyme. Uh, already told you it's mine. This my vision, watch the product, and I ain't gonna climb. Like, come on now, you know you wanna catch a feeling. Come on now, you know you love what you've been hearing. Come on now, you know you like when I'm appearing. Come on now, I cannot be appealing. Come on now, you know you wanna catch a feeling. Come on now, you know you love what you've been hearing. Come on now, you know you like when I'm appearing. Come on now, I cannot be appealing. Uh, my flow is current, always coming full circle. Don't want me to sit down, hold your breath. Boy, I see you turning purple. So fly that when I get down, they urge me to build up. Making moments not regress, so I'm gonna live it up. You stuck on homework, it is trying to get that one good ball. That's why the song's like in the heads, like the beat made it tall. Remedies, harmonies, that's all they gon' remember these. I'm gon' rise and shine like my life on Rusty's. Cause I'm, I'm about to start a stamp collection in my blue book. Thought this was gon' be another phase, then I grew up. Be killing it a little too much, man. Pull wordplay out my pocket like it's some change. I punch, sun go overhead like one water jug. Flows rhyme with your time, he's still warming up. Now come on now, bruh, you know who the best. Three letters don't need to say, y'all know the rest. So come on now, I know you wanna catch the feeling. Come on now, you know you love what you've been hearing. Come on now, you know you like when I'm appearing. Come on now, I cannot be appealing. Come on now. You know you wanna catch a feeling, come on now You know you love what you've been hearing, come on now You know you like when I'm appearing, come on